Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Live from the Vegas Strip, welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi. Today's lineup is a lot like Vegas itself with lots of variety. We're going to kick the show off with something we don't often talk about poetry. But this discussion is unique. Lee Woodman presents poems that dazzle with vivid imagery and expert wordplay, offering a refreshing and provocative examination of artwork from major museums. On a completely different note, later we will discuss off-road racing that's coming to the Orleans in a couple of weeks. Our Vegas experts are here as well. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, We'll explain what day clubs are and why they're so popular in Vegas. Mr. Big is here along with nutritionist Melissa Anderson. And finally, Hero School creator Tiger Todd tells us where he got the idea for his program and why he knew it would work. You know, there's nothing like the world of poetry. And it can bring alive things in your imagination, the beauty of life and so forth. And we've got somebody who for 40 years has been bringing the world of art and literary arts to America. She does TV and radio production work for the Smithsonian and the Library of Congress. She now put out a series of books, and I think these are fascinating through her poetry. And they explore single subjects like that. she has one called Lifescapes, which talks about love and relationships. Mindscapes, which is womanhood, homescapes, cultural identity and place. And now this one just out, and we want to tell you about artscapes. And Lee, what a fascinating way to kind of take your vision of things and bring them out through the world of poetry. Is that something you always had in mind throughout your career that kind of in the back of your mind, you'd kind of like to share those thoughts? No, it's a funny story. I've always had passion for all the arts. Um, starting with my early childhood, um, art, music, dance, theater. And then in all of my career, I always did writing of some sort, either television scripts or exhibitions, you know, films, uh, strategic plans for museums, all kinds of online education. But it wasn't until I decided to retire from the Smithsonian seven years ago now that I wanted to go back and capture all those different kinds of art. I wasn't quite sure how to do that. So I took a poetry class that was called Transformation, and I was very intrigued by that name. And I was totally smitten. I just found that poetry was a way to bring together all those other interests. So Artscape does that. You know, I go and look at um, sculptures and paintings or listen to music, uh, watch dance, and then it inspires poems. 
Yeah, I love that concept because in all the different – I love the idea, first of all, of, of taking on one single subject in each of these books and putting a series together. But this one particularly intrigues me because it's like we're seeing all this great art through your eyes. And do you think like the timing of this is important too? Because, boy, I, I think things like the beauty of poetry and what this poetry represents just seems like this is a great time for that. You know, I think so, too. We're living in a very troubled, fractured time, and I think that people really need some hope. Um, And both art and poetry are ways of helping people change opinions, um, learn new values, translate experiences in time and space. And, uh, you know, we are just having so many problems with climate change and political, um, you know, diametric opposites in the political world that um, I think this is a form of communication between people that's very healthy. Yeah, I agree, and I and I especially agree with what you're saying with with all the unhappiness between different groups and the fighting and so forth. I think this is one area where when we take the beauty of these things of art, sculpture, like you're saying, and, and you've seen, you know, really the best out there are among the best. It, it, it is a way of kind of. Uh, Let's let's take a look at some of the beauty in the world for a little while. We can get back to that stuff later if we choose, but we need a diversion, and this is sort of a diversion, which I guess great art always has been. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. And, you know, now such interesting scientific studies are being done about the brain and the effect that art has on the brain. There's a particularly interesting uh, study going on at um, John Hopkins and the National Institute of Health with the Aspen um, Institute, and they're actually doing tests on children and adults um, when they're doing art, when they're doing music, when they're doing dance, and um, our brains are wired. We need that to be able to think, hope, dream, and, and etc. So that's fascinating. And I think the fact of poetry is one of those things, you know, I hadn't read poetry in quite some time, to be honest with you, and then I get this book in the mail, and I think to myself, wow, this is great. It's something we don't, you know, we don't just think of in our daily lives, oh, I'm going to read a little poetry, but I would really suggest it to people. Do you, are you finding people saying that, wow, I didn't know this was for me, and it really is. It really brought me a, a different look at things that I just hadn't shared really since I was in school. You know, Steve, I have. You know, it's really quite remarkable, and it's very gratifying because people will say, gosh, I'll never look at a sculpture the same way again, or I'll never listen to a piece of music the same way again. You know, I can give you an example. You know, maybe I would choose one um, inspired by music since we're on radio and people will know this um, uh, song that inspired me. Shall I do that? Yeah, please. Okay. So this um, poem was inspired by Stevie Wonder's Superstition. Love that song. Yeah, it's called Stand Under a Willow. And you'll start to see, I think, the rhyme and the rhythm are one thing that's recognizable. But the other thing is it was um, about the concept of superstition and how we try to find ways to feel less scared of things. 
Back with more in just a moment from Lee Woodman, winner of the Atlantic Review 2021 International Poetry Contest Merit Award. For great classic sports, it's Sports RACX, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports RACX. It's short for Sports Rock and Tours. Later today on Sports Rock and Tours, you'll meet Carl Erskine, a pitching star who played his entire career with the Dodgers, most of it in Brooklyn. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Mangy, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today and learn about the latest CGM technology. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And if you have Medicare, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Paid for by U.S. Medical Supply. Call 800-273-2295. That's 800-273-2295. Again, 800-273-2295. That's 800-273-2295. You hear Mr. Big every week on this show. Now Mr. Big invites you to visit him online and save some money. All his books are now on Kindle, and he's got a variety of books, fiction and nonfiction, including The Life and Times of Frank Balisteri, books on casino games, and much more. You can buy the Kindle and save even more money. Go to MilwaukeeMob.com. That's MilwaukeeMob.com. That's MilwaukeeMob.com. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. Call right now. 800-267-1806. 800-267-1806. 800-267-1806. That's 800-267-1806. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-979-4317. 800-979-4317. That's 800-979-4317.
Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Lee Woodman, former manager of multimedia and executive producer at the Smithsonian Institute and senior advisor to the director of the National Museum of American History. I love that. And you know what's great? It's not only your look at that great song from Stevie Wonder and kind of what you see, but I think I get the most out of it is it makes me start to think, well, how do I see it? You know, do I agree? Do I not agree? Do I take a different take? And that's kind of the beauty of this is I think the poetry is is beautiful art in itself, but it also kind of stimulates that kind of thought that we don't spend enough time at. I mean, do you kind of find that too, that the more people get into this and and read uh, poetry and so forth, the more they can look and kind of uh, imagine in their own mind and maybe go to a place they don't normally go to? You know, you hit it right on the head. I always feel, and people have said this about the book, but especially when I read and I have um, comments afterwards, I feel like people are writing their own stories right alongside me. You know, they're thinking about, okay, what do I feel about willows? Have I ever, you know been under one and felt the breeze blow what did it make me feel creepy or did it make me feel great um i really think people have their own reactions and write their own poems yeah and i think a lot of people when they're uh identifying with something at the time something goes through their brain they have a thought and then we forget about it and so forth but a lot of times it just would be really good and we would we would learn a lot about ourselves and kind of the beauty of just kind of dig, digging deeper, thinking, and, you know, how did that make me feel? And that's what I love about this. And, you know, how do we get people into it? I mean, obviously, this is a great place to start. And I think the way you approach poetry is great, because I think people not only want to read poetry like that, but it means so much knowing that you're taking it from something you saw, particularly th- this series, I again, I just love. Is that kind of the thing people have to kind of be retaught you know, it, this isn't just a high school class to read some of the great works, but really it's an area that can be obviously you know, dug into much deeper. Absolutely. And there are such wonderful, easy ways you can um, make it easy for people, for children, for example. Um, you can show them a painting um, of a, a tiger. And um, the tiger may be uh, looking upwards into a tree. And all you have to do is say to a kid, look at this painting. Where do you think the tiger was before he got to this painting? Where do you think he's going to go next? And they just take off like a shot. You know, they write the, the scene about... Um, well, the tiger came from the river and, the, and looking for something up in the tree, whatever it is, you know, you yeah. can imagine. Well, you, yeah. well, I know you worked with the Smithsonian Institute, as you mentioned before, for um, a long time. Yeah. Isn't that one of those things, too, where people – I always tell people when they go – I love the, all the Smithsonian museums and so forth. And I think the key is to go to these places. Don't try to see everything in one day, but go find that picture of a tiger or whatever calls you and spend a little time with it. It seems like, at least for me, that's one way of, of taking the whole experience of the Smithsonian to another level. 
you know, it's so true. And it's kind of a, a meditative thing if you really take the time and just think about, even, even if you know nothing about what you're looking at, whether it's a rocket ship or, you know, something in the um, uh, Asian Art Museum, you have your own valid reactions. And that's enough. You know, stick right there and and right. look and talk to the characters, have them talk back to you. I mean, there's all, there's all kinds of things. But the interesting thing now, um, I think, Steve, is how young people, and I don't mean just children in elementary school, um, I mean, um, you know, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, they're really into performance art. And uh, poetry is sort of in its golden age because um, they uh, know hip-hop culture, they know rap music, they go to slam competitions. And now, you know, if you tell someone you're a poet, they say, oh, that's so cool, you know. (laughs) But before, they wouldn't have. And uh, then, you know, Amanda Gorman being chose as President um, Biden's inaugural poet was amazing. And uh, so we, we have a whole new sort of uptick in poetry readers, both, um, all, well, all across the board, all ages. More with poet Lee Woodman in just a few moments. Let's turn our attention to your diet with nutritionist Melissa Anderson in this week's edition of Desert Health. We've been talking a lot about fiber. The question is, can you take pills for your daily fiber needs? I've seen these these ads out. I don't know anything about it. Uh, you know, hey, don't. How are you going to get five servings a day? Buy these pills. These are the fruit pills. These are the vegetable pills. But I wanted to ask you. That's you can't get your fiber that way, can you? With the supplements and pills. Yeah. Yes. I. I guess you could, but it's kind of like dirty keto. That's like dirty fiber. <laughs> I mean, it's good, but it's not what you want to rely on all the time. You know, it works. And if you have some kind of, you know, clinical difficulty getting enough fiber naturally, then, yeah, I mean, you can you can make it work. Well, that's good to know. I mean, that really is because some people just simply can't. Or like you say, if you're going to be somewhere where you just know there's not going to be, I don't know, if you're spending a week in the meat palace or something, you're not going to (laughs) get any of this stuff. It must be good to have it. I'm glad to hear that, actually. That's that's good to hear. (laughs) I need to know where the meat palace is because I do not want to go there. It sounds like constipation. (laughs) Not if you eat all this fiber, trust me. (laughs) Not if you eat Thanks, Melissa. When you visit Las Vegas, you're always looking for fun things to do. And I think one thing you got to put on your list is the Neon Museum. It's fantastic. What a way to learn the history of Las Vegas, but by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s. The lobby, in fact, is a restored shell from the old La Concha Motel. It's a lot of fun. The staff there is incredible. Really unique Las Vegas experience. So you can learn the history and have a blast. Go to neonmuseum.org. That's neonmuseum.org. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji, nationwide on the Talk Media Network. This is Justin Shando, the 2010 Ultimate Elvis tribute artist. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Uh, boy. 
Man, I had a rough night's sleep. <sighs> Boy, Whew. I got a letter from the IRS yesterday and I, I just couldn't sleep. Man, my, I'm dying here. Somebody help me. IRS problems affect more than just your finances. If you're ready to take back control of your life and you owe more than $10,000, you need to call the tax doctor. Their expert staff can immediately protect you from the IRS and state collectors and get you the best possible tax settlement guaranteed. The IRS has recently released new programs geared in helping struggling taxpayers, where you may qualify to settle your tax debt and wipe out up to 85% or more of what you currently owe. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call the tax doctor right now. See if you qualify to pay less. Call 800-511-6983. That's 800-511-6983. Again, 800-511-6983. That's 800-511-6983. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi, and I'm chatting with poet Lee Woodman, who has just released her latest collection, Artscapes. Andy Warhol is one I remember as as a kid, particularly I remember my father, who was a pretty literate guy, didn't care for Andy Warhol. He thought that's, you know, the Campbell soup can and so forth uh, was uh, amateurish. But I look at that and I feel exactly the opposite. And I think what you did is exactly what a lot of people have, have done with his art. And I, it's a great way to bring it out. And that's really kind of examine that kind of, you know, thing like Mao dig deeper and, and and that's what you were able to able to do and it's just kind of fun and it just goes to show that uh again poetry i guess would, would you say it's kind of the natural uh answer to taking these other forms of art and kind of like all right putting words to it exactly exactly you know andy warhol was ahead of his time he was really a advertising genius right. and you know he you know, it was peculiar, too, in many ways, but, oh, my gosh, his artwork. He started as a draftsman doing um, advertising shoes. He drew shoes for, for big-name um, fancy department stores <laughs> and then got into, you know, painting and silkscreen and photography and film, and um, he certainly wanted to brand himself. So he was he was pretty good at, at branding too. But um, now people go back and look at retro, retrospectives of his work, and um, you have to stare. It's really magnetic. Well, last question then. It, 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 you know, you, you've talked about that. We've talked about. It. In fact, you were mentioning before uh, some of the things that young people have. Are these just natural evolutions? And I guess art, when, when, when you come in, and poetry is part of that is always going to be evolving, right? I mean, and that's what it should do, correct? Of course. Of course. There isn't one time in history where the next generation wanted to do something different. They wanted to build on the shoulders of others, but often it was to reject what what the others had done. And then often it was just to imagine something beyond what the others had done fascinating this book is great artscapes it's part of a series lee let's tell people how how do they get a hold of this because i think this is something they should they should hunt out and find and i know it isn't all that hard to find 
Okay, it's not at all. All you need to do is go to my website, poetleewoodman.com, and all four books are there. There's something about my background and how I approach poetry, and then each book has a page, and on each page there are, you know, four or five different stores. You can um, just click on those buttons and go directly to where you can see them, uh, buy them, and enjoy. I think so. that's a great idea. We will do that, Lee. Only we'd love to have you on again. I think these are such fascinating uh, topics, and we've just scratched the surface. So we'd love to get you on one, uh, some more. I would love to be with you more. One of the biggest off-road motocross events in America is coming to Vegas. You know that Las Vegas has become a sports capital if it wasn't already with boxing and hockey, football, and so forth. Another thing that's big, believe it or not, is off-road motocross. And we've got a big event coming up at the Orleans Arena on Friday, April 29th through Sunday, May the 1st. And with us is Dane Perry. He's the track master for Podium Productions that are putting this thing on. Before we even get started, Dane, welcome to the show. What is a track master responsible for? Hi. Um, really just laying everything out, putting up all your markings, sponsor banners, stuff like that, managing like how much water is going into it, any sort of grooming really that needs to be done uh, between events or after the event's over. What's well, really kind of exciting, you know, I've seen those in big outdoor stadiums, but this is at the Orleans Arena. Is it more of a challenge to get all that in in kind of a smaller space? Uh, it's definitely different, and then with the Orleans are on a time schedule, so everything's pretty tight, and instead of just going to somewhere that has something kind of pre-set up and you're just working with dirt only, we truck in all the dirt and all the logs, rocks, and the obstacles we set up. So it's a little different, a little more challenging, but it's definitely fun for us to do, and I think it's fun for our racers to kind of just be in one spot where you can see almost everything that's going on for the whole race. Well, there's a lot going on for those days. Uh, talk about, if you could, break it down for us a little to see what we would see if we're, you know, we've seen these things on TV but haven't paid too close attention. What actually will we be seeing over that weekend? Uh, you'll be seeing everything from little, like, four- to seven-year-old 50 motorcycles and quads all the way up to, you know, pro quads, pro motorcycles, uh, pro side-by-sides, and then, you know, your older age classes as well into, like, 60-plus racing. Now, with that, is there any particular fan favorite, or does everybody come in with their own things that they like in particular? I think, you know, some people definitely have a fan favorite. There's a lot of brand loyalty in motorsports. So if you're a KTM guy, you're probably looking at, you know, the top pro for them right now is Dante Oliveira. If you're a Honda guy, it's Cole Martinez. Or if you like Polaris, you know, then Bo Barron. Or if you like Can-Am, it's Bo Judge. It really just depends on kind of what people have. They kind of normally pick a favorite that way, it seems like. And now, do they have championships the way like NASCAR does, where there's a number of, of events throughout the uh, country, and then they keep a points, or how does that work? Yeah, we have uh, 10 events for the year, and then we keep points over the track, all of it, and obviously whoever has the most points at the end of those 10 events is a champion. These race courses, I know that they, they vary and so forth. The idea is to really make kind of take the outdoors bring it inside and try to uh all the things you would run into outside right you're trying to get them in a real small area so uh these skills can be tested at each turn yeah pretty much so just making it tighter a lot of logs and rocks different obstacles and stuff like that you'd see you know naturally off-road just set up basically an arena for you know families and loved ones to watch you tackle all those obstacles 
You know, it's a big, fun weekend, too. I think people get excited, you know. Just like we talk with the NASCAR guys, there's a lot more to do than even just the race. Now, I understand there you're going to have all sorts of motorsport vendors with exhibits and so forth. In, in, I guess with the Orleans, anybody that's been out there, the arena, they know there's a lot of space for that. So this is a place where people can come out early, stay long, and uh, just look around. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's definitely a fun one to travel to if you, you know, don't live near Vegas or in Vegas. There's plenty of stuff to do between your race or after your race, whether it's, I mean, you know Vegas, there's endless options on fun stuff to do, you know, daytime, nighttime, whatever, it doesn't matter. And the Orleans is a great locale too, right? Because, you know, it's real close to the Strip, but yet it's kind of off on its own, and that arena is just such a a cool place to be in a casino, it seems to me. Yeah, no, it's definitely fun doing it at the Orleans, they make it pretty easy for us, and you are pretty centrally located, I know there's like K1 speeds just down the road if you get bored, or Anything like that. They got great restaurants inside and a lot of good stuff for us to have there. Okay, so tell us, people now are kind of excited about that. They want to spend the weekend. Is it one of those things where you can buy a single day only, or do you buy the package? How does it work? Uh, you can do a single day event as a spectator. You can come in and buy a weekend band, and you're good You know, Friday through the end of the day Sunday. And I know the costs on these are real reasonable as sports uh, events cost uh, not only in Vegas but across the country. For something like the all-day thing, what does that go for? Um, it, the Orleans is a little different. Our, our fees aren't too much. We have our own fees, and then they tag something onto that. So this one's a little more expensive, but it's still not too bad to do. Well, I think it's certainly worth the time. So let's see. So Friday, April 29th, that begins practice races right now. You're not getting the big score there, but is it kind of fun to watch these people practice is sort of a unique thing. Is it one of those things where you can see people really trying things that maybe they wouldn't even uh, commit to for the main event? Yeah, practice is fun because we're definitely going to watch you know guys and girls try and figure out what lines they want to take and see if it's going to be worth it to do later. So either you'll see them make it or not make it, and that always is a little interesting whether they bobble or you know, succeed. Well, this is a really exciting event. Dane, thank you so much. Uh, we're really happy that it's come out to Las Vegas. Uh, let's tell people, uh, again, how can they get tickets? So where do they go? Um, you can uh, pre-register, you know, with us online, you know, Works Racing, or just go down to the Orleans and you can do it there in person right there in the arena. You just go upstairs and our registration staff will be happy to help you. Okay, that sounds easy enough. It's W-O-R-C-S Racing, correct? Yes, sir. Excellent. Well, Dane, have a good time out in Vegas, and we will see you out there. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. When we return, Tiger Todd of Hero School, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, and the keeper of the Vegas crime blotter, Mr. Big, will join us. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Mangie, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Doran's Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Doran's for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 
Call 800-923-8625. That's 800-923-8625. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. Tiger Todd is here again. Now, you might be wondering, how did Tiger come up with his novel idea to use the movies to get to the heart of homelessness? Today, Tiger tells us. How does a guy, a a super successful businessman, all of a sudden decide to do this? And where did the light bulb go off? Because obviously, I, I can just tell you're a guy that thinks a lot. You know, I mean, I like to think that I do the same thing too. And you kind of look at a thing and think of different ways. It must have hit you somewhere. I mean, this is a great concept. It makes all the sense in the world. And yet, people's initial reaction to it is, oh, that doesn't make sense until they sit there and think it through. So how, how, was, how did it work for you? How did you? How did the light bulb go off? Well, I, I think if I, just uh, for the simplification, I might have had a few, you know, light bulbs and uh, different filaments or, or types of, you know, LED or fluorescence go off. But, uh, you know, the first one is, um, I think the first one was when I saw there was something I could do that worked, right? You know, because a lot of times you don't get a light bulb about yourself until you do something that enlightens someone else. Right. Does that make sense to you? You know, yeah. you see somebody else have an aha moment based on something you said. It now reveals to you that, wow, <laughs> that was something and it came through me. Wow. Right. So I can be of value by delivering this more often. You right. know, so maybe that was the first one that first day I walked in the park or, you know, it wasn't maybe the first day I walked in the park. I was just ticked off that, you know, all my money was going to feed 1,850 people and there was nothing to change their lives. You know, so um, the next, so the, it was the next week when I built this large sound system and created this, you know, hero school in the park. And then I taught these things and I watched aha after aha happen with people I'd never met, strangers who were actually angry at me that I made them sit down and listen to me before I fed them. Right. So that was the first one. But the second one is when I went to that school. So, you know, three years later, I get all these homeless off the streets. I'm invited to talk to kids in school. I said, I could care less. I don't want to go, but I did it anyway. You know, as a favorite, one of my volunteers had worked for a college. And she said, there's this program where you can go in there as a business owner to talk to kids. And I said, no, no thanks. But again, she had volunteered so much for me. I had to do it. So I sit in this class and, you know, so the next aha was seeing that the very four habits that my active philanthropy there in the park for three years, you know, that were derived from that. All of a sudden, these kids have learned these four habits by seventh grade, right? I mean, that's that's just, oh, my God. We can't teach another class of kids without somehow neutralizing this or, you know, parents, what can we do to, you know, to prevent these these things from seeping in, whether it's from our culture, whether it's from our church, whether it's from, you know, Uncle Joe, whatever it is, we've got to at least, you know, if we can't protect um, the delivery of these things from outside forces, we can at least inoculate the kids from those things, turning them into homeless people. And that's why maybe the third one was realizing I could go do these assemblies of kids, like four or five at a time. And then I watched them have the same odds. And I knew that once they, in front of their peers, had made a decision that, oh, yeah, I don't want to live this way. I want to do this. I knew I didn't have to worry about them, regardless of who their parents were or weren't, 
regardless of who their teachers were or weren't, or regardless of, you know, what their friends were trying to do that were at Habit 3 of homelessness, horizontal learning, you know, where we call it, we called it peer pressure. But, um, you know, I, I now know that they're going to seek out teachers, mentors, coaches, bosses to learn from instead of be swayed, you know, by the kids around them trying to impress, you know, kids that you know, don't even have a way to get them to their career. More with Tiger Todd of Hero School again next week. In the meantime, you can learn all about Hero School, igniting rapid and lasting change with the homeless, houseless, and hopeless at the speed of movies. Visit heroschool.us, that's heroschool.us, to learn more. Time now for another visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Okay, so tell us what is, and I see this term a lot, a day club. Explain what the day club is and why we should care. Well, you know, it's strange because I, I mention day clubs to people in other parts of the country and they have no idea what I'm talking about. So I think it's kind of this Vegas creature. And, and day clubs are nightclubs at the pool. It's the same financial paradigm. People come in and they pay $450 for a bottle of liquor and young, attractive women bring them the bottles and they, they uh, make a big deal out of it. Uh, it is a strange subculture of Las Vegas that I cannot claim to completely understand because I actually have had a lot of people in my li- my life telling me never be in a bathing suit. That's something they tell me consistently. So it's not my scene, but I uh, recently went to one at the Cromwell and it is a very interesting world because people are paying ungodly amounts of money for there's a certain cool cool factor to have a cabana there's a, a certain uh, kind of respect that you get almost that you're you're in a cabana and you have a $450 bottle of gray goose that would normally cost $11 at the liquor store Maybe more, uh, but it's uh, and then there's service fees and there's automatic gratuities. So at the end of the day, uh, the bill that uh, was given to the person who hosted my co- little cabana party was twelve thousand dollars, and I of course nearly had a uh, coronary. But, uh, but apparently it's not uncommon. I don't know who the people are that pay these prices, but I guess if you're going to a pool. It, it is a party, and this is how you party in Vegas. And for some people, it's, you know, they're going to do it once every five years. They're going to save save up. They're going to cash in their 401K, and they're going to come have the time of their lives. And uh, so one of the benefits of a day club, I should say, is if you're a man and you pay for the cabana and you get your liquor, young women, uh, presumably some of them wearing bikinis, will come talk to you because you have liquor sitting on a table that they can take advantage of. So that is the culture both of nightclubs and day clubs. It is a very expensive interest introduction but uh, apparently they're known as bottle rats i don't know if that's a pejorative term i think it is but it's a great way for men to to meet women i don't have to understand it to observe it and write about it but believe me i do not understand it thanks scott make sure to visit scott every day at vitalvegas.com for all the latest happenings on the vegas strip and around town Finally, you hear Mr. Big talk every week about Vintage Vegas, but you can hear him here every week, but there are other ways to reach him as well.
Well, on the Vegas Crime Blotter, you've heard a lot about Mr. Big, and you've come and asked us, how can we get a hold of Mr. Big? We have questions for him. We want to have more information. Of course, you know you can go to one of his sites, MilwaukeeMob.com, but there's more. Mr. Big, how can we get a hold of you? The best way to get a hold of me is by my email, which would be W-C-L-I-N-G-M-A-N at W-I-R-R.com. You can also find me on Twitter at the Milwaukee Mob. Again, my Twitter is at the Milwaukee Mob. And this month, the month of April, if you send me a message, one of you will not only win my book Frank, on Frank Barastori, but also win my all my gambling books in the one four and one volume, and also my two upcoming books for this year. How do you do it, Mr. Big? You put out so many great books, and of course we can get all of those at MilwaukeeMob.com, but uh, where do you find the time to do this? Oh, Ben Malt asked me the same thing. Thanks, Mr. Big. Remember, check out everything about Mr. Big at MilwaukeeMob.com. You can get great merchandise there. That's MilwaukeeMob.com. Coming up next is Sports Rock and Tours. Go to Sports R-A-C-X, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. It's short for Sports Rock and Tours. And please follow both Vegas Never Sleeps and Sports Rock and Tours on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Mitch reminding you, Vegas Never Sleeps. Vegas, here we go! Are you being audited and do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The tax doctor is here to help you negotiate a lower tax bill. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. The tax doctor will fight for you using industry secrets that can stop any IRS actions, eliminate penalties and interest, and reduce your past tax bill so you pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call the tax doctor now for a free IRS audit emergency review. Call 800-515-4956. That's 800-515-4956. Again, 800-515-4956. That's 800-515-4956.